Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I really want to share something with you today that's heavy on my heart. And it's a special message to the fathers, but it's a message that we can, all of us can apply to our life. So I know we're uh, honoring our dads today, our fathers, but I want you just to please allow this message to speak to your heart, whoever you are, and whatever your situation may be. Today, I'm going to be preaching to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I'm going to finish the series that I've been doing called Heroes. And we've been looking at uh, Hebrews, chapter 11, and we've been learning about ordinary people who have demonstrated in their life extraordinary faith in God. And we've called these uh, people in the book of Hebrews, we've called these people of great faith our heroes of the faith. And over the last several weeks, We've had some wonderful opportunities to bring in some local hometown heroes here to honor them and bless them and let them know that they are demonstrating uh, extraordinary faith as they're making a difference in our community. We've honored the police department. We've honored to make a difference, helping hands, men of FIC. Uh, on Memorial Day, we honored uh, Mr. Jarvis Odom and Mr. James Coley and all of our veterans for their sacrifice for our country. And today on this Father's Day, this last message on heroes, we recognize and we honor our fathers as our heroes of faith. We want to honor our fathers today. If you're here today, you may be a father, or might be a stepdad, like in my situation with my dad. Uh, he's one of my heroes. He's my stepdad, but he took me in and raised me when I was a young boy. And he'll always be my dad because he's always been there for me and always poured into me. And maybe our situations might be a little bit different, but if you're a father today in whatever capacity, maybe a spiritual father over some of the children here in the church, I want to say thank you and may God bless you for all that you're doing and the impact you're making for the kingdom of God. Let's give the Lord a hand for the fathers in the house today. Maybe it's the impact that you're making on your grandchildren, but whatever God is using you, we say thank you. So today, out of Hebrews chapter 11, I want to talk to you about a father who lived a life that left a legacy to his family, a legacy of faith. How many of you would like to leave a legacy of faith for your family? I'm not talking about souvenirs. I'm not talking about trophies. I'm talking about something that you can leave behind that you'll be able to point them to Jesus. Whenever they think about you and remember you, they'll know about a daddy or a granddaddy, somebody that was always pointing them to Jesus. So we want to be used by God to leave a legacy of faith to our families. And there's a man in the Bible here in Hebrews chapter 11. We know him as the father of our faith, and his name is Abraham. Abraham, the father of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, I'm going to read to you some scriptures. It says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac. You remember Isaac, his son? He was the promised child, and later on in life, uh, Abraham and Sarah had a child, and his name was Isaac. 
And God tested Abraham and he said, offer Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Does that sound familiar? You're seeing a picture in the Old Testament of what was going to take place in the New Testament with Jesus Christ. And even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. If you really want to understand the full impact of uh, the faith of Abraham, this father of faith, and how he left a legacy of faith behind for his family and generations after generations, you have to go to Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. And I want to read to you this story here, and then I'm going to take a few minutes to preach, and we're going to have some prayer time around the altar. But there's some very powerful principles that we can apply to our life today. Whether you're a father, a, a, a son, or a, a mother, or a grandmother, a grandfather, it doesn't matter. This can apply to your life. So in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Man, what a man of faith. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. Wood on his son. Is that another picture of the cross on Christ? And he carried the fire and the knife, and the two went together. And Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up there in a thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said to him this, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, listen to this, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you, Abraham, have obeyed me. 
Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, make your, your word come alive to our hearts today that you would just begin to speak to us and challenge us and encourage us. God, here in the service today, God, speak to the hearts of every father here. God, may we just be willing to stand up with courage today, Lord, and be receptive to what you want to do in our life, that we would be like Abraham, that we would be willing to listen and obey you, God, and to follow you no matter the cost, God, that we as fathers would stand today, God, for our children and for our grandchildren and for the children of this church and for the children of our community. We pray today, God, that you would speak. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, I know I shared with you about an opportunity I had to uh, attend a, a conference in Washington, D.C. called Watchmen on the Wall. The Watchmen on the Wall conference was a, a briefing given to pastors from all across the nation in regards to the spiritual state of the nation that we live in today. And they were encouraging us as pastors to go back home to our churches and look for opportunities where the church can engage our community and make a difference for the glory of God. And while we were there, there was a few featured speakers that were there. One of the speakers was Pastor Al Robertson from the show Duck Dynasty. And he shared with us some information. I know I talked to you about it a few weeks ago. But one of the things that Pastor Al highlighted was how our nation today, our nation, the United States of America, how our nation is crumbling because of the breakdown of the family. And he shared that the biggest problem with the family today, the reason why things are breaking down, is because the biggest problem is that the fathers are missing. Fathers are missing. He talked about how fathers are an endangered species. Where are the fathers today? And he gave some uh, powerful information and, and some encouraging things as well. But we know, friend, listen to me. From hearing this man preach this word about the way our nation is crumbling because the fathers are missing, we know that because they are missing and not fulfilling their role, they may be there, but they're not fulfilling their role that God has given them in the home. And because of that, we see major problems. I'm sure all of us can just testify. If we look around, we can see the results in our own community right here around us because there's homes with no fathers. So preparing for this message, I began to do some study and some research, and you can look it all up for yourself. It's not my opinion. It's not nothing that one political party's put out there. This is stuff that you can look up on your own. Studies show this, talking about fatherless homes. Children living in a fatherless home are more likely to have emotional and behavioral problems. Over 71% of high school dropouts came from a fatherless home. Children from fatherless homes are more likely to use drugs and alcohol and commit violent crimes. 63% of suicide attempts from children came from children who were in a home that did not have a father. 80% of all youth in juvenile prisons had no father at home. Listen to this. 90% of all runaways in, the, in our nation came from fatherless homes. Fatherless daughters are more likely to have children as a teenager and give birth out of wedlock. Listen to this. When they did a study of all the mass shootings that have taken place in the United States, 
out of all the mass shootings, the majority, there was a very high percentage that the shooters had no father in the home. And now we see today homes without no fathers. And because there's no father in the home, we have boys growing up thinking they're girls and girls growing up thinking they're boys because the father's not there. Do you see what happens when the father is missing from the home? The home crumbles and then the nation crumbles. And we have a real problem today, a real problem. But I'm excited to tell you that there is a solution. There's a simple solution to this problem that can turn it all around. And that's the thing here. Here's the solution. That the fathers will rise up and live a life like Abraham. If the fathers will take a stand with courage and live a life like Abraham. So we look at Abraham's life and we see that he demonstrates some characteristics that will show us how we can live a life that will impact our homes and impact this nation and ultimately leave a legacy of faith to our children now and also the generations to come. So how do we live a legacy of faith? How do we live a life that can turn this nation around, turn our homes around? Well, let's look at Abraham. Very simple. I put it on the screen for you. First of all, if you want to make an impact in your home, fathers, whoever you are, if you want to make an impact, you want to leave a legacy of faith, you have to be like Abraham because Abraham was a listening father. He was a listening father. Look to your neighbor and ask them, how do I do with my listening? Not <laughs> I can see some wives just shaking their head right now. He was a listening father. In verse 1, it says this right here, that God tested Abraham and God said to him, Abraham, and guess what Abraham said? Here I am, Lord, I'm listening. He says, I'm listening. Abraham was a father who was listening to the voice of God. And if we've ever needed fathers listening to the voice of God, it's the day that we live in now. We need some fathers that will listen for the voice of God, listen to the voice of God. But here's the sad reality. Instead of fathers who are listening to the voice of God, most fathers today are listening to the voice of culture. Instead of listening to the voice of God, they're letting culture say some things to them. And the voice of culture is saying to the fathers, you don't need God in your life. The voice of culture is saying, fathers, your role in the home has no significance the voice of culture saying, Father, it's okay for you to go off on the weekend and hang out with the men and get drunk and get blistered and get high. The voice of culture is saying to the fathers, it's okay for you to go out there and flirt and be unfaithful to your wife. The voice of culture is saying to you, Father, it's okay for you to walk out on your wife and walk out on your kids. The voice of culture is saying, Father, it's okay for the woman to raise the kids. The voice of culture saying, Father, it's okay for you not to discipline your children. The voice of culture is saying to the fathers, it's okay for you to wimp out and walk out. And we see a generation of men who are cowards, who have, who have neglected to raise their families, and now they've cowered away, and they've wimped out, and they've walked out, and now they've left the woman to raise the child. And we see the homes crumbling, nations crumbling. And in these last days, friend, listen to me. Please listen to me. This message is on my heart heavy because we need some fathers who will listen to the voice of God instead of listening to the voice of culture. 
The voice of culture will tell you, you don't have to be committed to your wife. You get tired, you get tired of your kids, just walk out and start over again and leave it all behind. We see it day after day happening, friend. We need some men. We need some fathers who will listen to the voice of God and say enough is enough. I'm determined that I'm going to listen to the voice of God so I can guide my family closer to God. We need fathers who will listen to the voice of God and be faithful to their wives and love them like the Bible says, love them the way Christ loves the church. We need some fathers who will say enough is enough. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to raise my children according to the will of God, according to the word of God. I'm going to be committed to my family. Where are the fathers? Where are the fathers that are listening to the voice of God? We need some men today that will be like Abraham and, when the, and will say, Lord, you speak, I'm here. Lord, when you speak, I'm listening. Lord, when you say move, I'm going to move. We need to be a listening, we need to be a listening father. Are you listening for the voice of God? Father, listen to me. Are you listening for the voice of God? Please be sensitive to what the Lord is trying to say to you as a father in your home. Because if you're going to make an impact and you're going to be a leader in your home and leave a legacy, you need to be listening for the voice of God. Come on, church. Not only was he a listener, but he was also a loving father. He was a loving father. Abraham was a loving father. Verse 2 of Genesis 22, it says, Then God said, Take your son, your only son, and I want you to, uh, whom you love, he says, Take your only son, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Abraham was a father who loved God, and he loved his son. And listen to me, faithful fathers are going to love their family. Faithful fathers are going to love their family. And a faithful father, if you love your family, you're going to protect your children. Come on. If you love your family and you love your kids, you're going to protect them. You're going to do everything that you can to protect them. Did you know in the Bible that you have a role to play fathers as being the spiritual leader of your home? If you study those words, it means that you're actually, uh, you have a, a, a purpose to be a covering over your family. You're to cover your family like a, like a, a bird would the babies would put the wings out and put a covering over your children and put a covering over your wife. That you love your family and you cover them and you protect them. You protect them from the enemy that's coming after them because, friend, there's a war declared on the family today. And the fathers need to be the one covering. The fathers need to be the one taking the hits, taking the, uh, the bullets coming from the enemy. The father needs to cover the children. And that might mean this. When you protect your children, and I know a lot of us that are different seasons in our life with our kids, but part of protecting your children is asking them, where are you going tonight? Who are you going with? Who is that you're talking to on the telephone? Who is that that keeps texting you? Part of protecting your family is being involved with them and knowing what's going on so you can keep them away from the enemy. And they may not like it, but you know my theory on that. When they start paying rent, then they can do what they want. But until then, they're going to follow my rules. Hallelujah. I always get a big amen right there for some reason. (laughs) A loving father will protect and guard his family. 
A loving father will pray for his family. A loving father will pray for his children. And we need some fathers today, like the Bible says, that will lift up holy hands and pray without ceasing. We need some men that'll pray. I'm, now listen, I know the women are praying, but we need some fathers who will get on their knees and plead with God for their children and plead with God over their families. Where is the praying father today? Where is the praying father today? Father's not ashamed to fight for their family in prayer. The kids know that when something blows up in your life, they know that daddy's got the room back there closed off. Well, what's he doing? I know what daddy's doing. He's back there on his knees and he's praying and seeking the voice of God. I want that to be the testimony of my life to my kids and to my family. So God, where, where are the praying fathers today? And a loving father, a loving father will be present. The Bible says that Abraham and Isaac walked together. They walk together. And that means that as a father, you're going to be present in the life of your children. You're going to be present in the life of your, of your home. When you love somebody, you'll spend time together. And that's why it's so important for us as fathers that we need to be there at the events in the lives of our children. You need to be with your family. Spend as much time as you can with your family. Look. Come to church together and worship the Lord together. Make that a priority as a family. I'm going to jump down there and say thank you, praise God, hallelujah. Make church a priority where you can worship together and grow in your walk with the Lord together. Make time for the events in your family. Make time to go to the ball games for your kids. Make time to go to the dance recitals for your kids. Make time for your kids at home. Even dad, if you have to sit there and have a little tea party with your little girls or get out there and, and throw the ball with your son or, or whatever you got to do. But make time at home for your kids and let them know you love them. Show up there. Be there for your kids and show love for them. This past year, my youngest son, Lucas, played basketball in a basketball league in facing. And the team that Lucas played on, they had a perfect season. They didn't win not one game. <laughs> they didn't win one game. They were terrible. I mean, I would try my best to find a reason to cheer, but they were terrible. But you know what? Every Saturday morning, I still got up. I still went to the game, sometimes two games in one day, and you sit there in that gym uh, right much of the day watching just in misery. <laughs> like, Lord, please let today be the day they win a game. But you know what? They never won a game, but I didn't care. I was there because I want Lucas, Lucas to know that I'm always going to do my very best to be there for him because I love him. I want my son to know, I want Lucas to know that I'm going to love you even when you're losing in life. I want my son to know that, you know what, I'm going to be there and I'm going to love you even when you miss the basket. I'm going to be there and I'm going to love you even when you foul out in life. I'm going to love you and be there for you even when you fall down in life. I'm going to be there and I'm going to love you even when you're not winning and you're losing in life. Your daddy is always going to be there because he loves you. 
Isn't that what God the Father does for us? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen to me. We need to be there for our children, and we need to love them, and we need to show them support. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen to me. I'm trying to do each and every one of you a favor today. You need to be there for your children. You need to love them because real quick, that window closes, and they're no longer in the nest, and they've flown away, and they're no longer there. And then you're going to be laying in a nursing home somewhere and you're going to be hoping and just praying that they remember that you were there for them and you love them and they'll come and help you in your life. Can I get an amen on that? Lord, I pray they'll come and help feed me when I can't. When I don't even have no teeth. They'll grind my food up for me or whatever they need to do. We need to be a loving father. We need to be a... A father that is there for our kids and our grandkids. Hey, you, you may not have any kids, but I'm going to tell you something. There's some kids in this church that would love to have a spiritual father in their life. And you know what I was thinking about? Man, if, if we ever have lived in a day where our children, I'm talking about children in general, they need a voice of hope in their life. Can you imagine being a child growing up today when you look on the news and, and they're trying to confuse kids now and they don't even know if they're a boy or a girl and then, they, and then they're out there right now and, and they're trying to confuse the child and, and you look on there and abortion's everywhere and there's no value in the children anymore. They don't even feel like they have any worth and they need somebody, a father, who will come along to them and just speak hope in their life and tell them, I'm glad you're in church. I'm glad you're walking with God. Don't you give up. God has a purpose for you your life love on these kids love on these kids no matter who you are you can be a spiritual father a spiritual voice and to the kids in your home and also in this church and all throughout our community Abraham was also a leading father it says here in verses 5 through 6 he said to his servants stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there we will worship and then we will come back to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. You see, Abraham was allowing God to lead him. Listen to me, Father. You need to be allowing God to lead you in your life. I know sometimes it doesn't make sense, but that's why it's called faith. And Father, you need to be leading the way. You need to be allowing God to lead your steps of faith every day. Even when life doesn't make sense, even when your family looks at things going on in your own life and they're like, why did this happen? You can still say, we're going to trust God. We're going to follow God. My faith is in God. You got to allow yourself to follow God. And Abraham did that. He was led by the Lord. And he also led his son Isaac. He says, I led him up to the altar to worship and we'll be back. You need to be leading your family in worship. Father, you need to be the one leading your family in worship. Not just in church, but every day of your life. Father, you lead your family in worship. You lead them. Not the wife, not somebody else. But Father, you stand up and you lead your children in worship. Worship to God. You want to turn your children off real quick from the things of God? You come in here and lift your hands up in worship and praise the Lord and then live contrary to that during the week and see what happens to your kids. 
They want somebody who's genuine. They want somebody who's sincere, who's worshiping the Lord every day of their life. So God, help us to lead our children in worship and our families in worship. Abraham was leading his son to a place where he could experience God. Listen, listen to me, Isaac. I, I know it doesn't make any sense, but come on, son. The Lord's going to provide. I know it doesn't make sense, but you come on and follow your daddy because we're getting ready to experience God. We're getting ready to see God work. How many of you want God to work in your family? I want my children to see God working in our lives. I don't want to be playing church. I want them to see God is real. And God answers prayer. And Abraham was leading his son to an altar. He was leading his son to an altar. How about you leading your family to, the, to an altar? An altar is a place of communion with God. An altar is a place of consecration. An altar is a place where you receive the commission over your life and the purpose for your life. How many of you fathers are leading your family to the altar? Abraham led his family to the altar. And God help us as fathers to lead our families to the altar, a place of surrender. Listen, Isaac, there's going to come a, a time in your life where you've got to come to the altar of God and you've got to surrender your life to him. I want to lead my children to Jesus and for them to surrender everything to him, that he would be king of kings and lord of lords over their life. We need to be leading our kids. We need to be leading our families. Let me tell you why we need to be leading them. Because just like with Abraham and Isaac, you're leading your children, but there's going to be a day coming. Listen to me. I'm seeing it more and more every day. You need to be leading your children with everything you got that God can give you because one day, friend, the children are going to pass you. You're leading now, but there's going to be a day where they're going to pass you. The window's going to close, and they're going to fly away, and they're going to leave the house, and they're going to pass you. And this is how the Lord showed it to me. This is how the Lord worked and showed it to me. Over the last several years, we normally take a little time away for some family time, and we most of the time end up at the beach per Lisa's request. Listening to the voice of God and listening to Lisa. And over the last several years, we would all together as a family, we take a walk on the beach. And somewhere along the line, all the testosterone in our house starts kicking in. And we decide that we're going to have a foot race. And so me and my oldest son, Caden, who's now 16, pray for me in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we would have a foot race on the beach. And somebody would be here to say go, and somebody would be down there to say who the winner was. And over the last few years, we'd get on that beach and we'd take off. We'd take off running, and I would play with Caden a little bit, you know, just kind of cruise along and then play with him and keep right on running. And as soon as we get close to the finish line, I change gears, and I take off, and I smoke him just to let him know the old man still got it. <laughs> still got it. Well, last summer, <laughs> we lined up on that same line, and we took off, and I'm... I'm playing with him, I'm running, I'm going, and I went to change gears, and they want another gear. <laughs> and so I just kind of stalled out, and I saw my son run right on by me, and he kept right on going. But you know what? I didn't get mad, not much. 
I, I didn't get mad, but here was the point. That, you know, we run this race in life. We run this race in life, and we lead. After year after year, we lead. But sooner or later, friend, that boy, that girl, they're going to go right on past you, and they're going to keep going. And I won't mad. You know what I was saying? Keep running, Caden. Keep running, son. Run to Jesus. Keep running to God. Run with purity. Run with power. Run with purpose. Don't you ever give up, son. Keep going for God. Keep going. Because one day, one day you're going to have a family and you can lead them like I've led you. Have I been perfect? No. Has Abraham been perfect? No. But you know what? That's where the grace of God comes in. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God? That he can help you start over right now wherever you are in your life. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me. I'm going to need a breathing treatment. Oh, man. Isn't it amazing how the Lord shows you things like that? Can I just tell you, fathers, don't quit running. Maybe, maybe some of you, maybe some of you need to start running today. Some of you need to start leading and listening and loving today. It can all start and it all happens as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Listen, that's the greatest decision you'll ever make. I want my boys to know that Jesus can change everything. I don't highlight all the junk that I came out of to my kids, but I do want them to know that I serve a God of grace and mercy. He's a God who will turn your life around. But you got to let him work. you got to open up and you got to just receive him right now in your life. Listen, this thing about fathers... My, listen, we, there needs to be a wake-up call across our nation. There needs to be a wake-up call in our churches today. No more playing games. No more playing church. It's time for the fathers to rise up, stand up, and be the man of God that he's called you to be. And lead your family to Jesus. Lead your family to Jesus. Nobody's going to care how many trophies are on the wall, how many stuffed animals are on the wall. Nobody's going to care about all that stuff when it's all said and done and you're laying before the church and we're celebrating your life. I hope it can be said that you always pointed them to run with Jesus, run with Jesus, run with Jesus. My daddy, I know he always told us to run with Jesus. time for the fathers to be the spiritual leader over their homes it's time for the fathers to give a life of godliness and holiness to God and live it for him live a life of purity be a godly husband live a godly life even in a godless culture I'm going to lead my family the world can mock me the world can mock my family but it's for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus for me and my house we're going to obey God rather than man so here's the declaration we can make today listen up fathers listen up grandpas everybody I will lead my family even when things don't make sense. I'll lead my family to a place where they can experience God, a place where they'll know God is real. It's time for the fathers to rise up and to declare, listen to me please, 
It's time for every father to rise up and declare over your children and over the children of this church and over the children in this community that we're not going to let, we're not going to turn them over to a world of wickedness. We're not going to stand for it. We're not going to have it. We're going to rise up and we're going to be a father to these kids. We're going to be a father to them. God help us. God help us to be fathers to these kids. Be a godly voice. Just listening to the voice of God. Just loving others.